this is Reverend Colette Duval-Pondella. Welcome to our Wolf Wisdom Podcast in Nature's Classroom on Nature's Path. I'm joined today by Alaska, who's rubbing up against me at the moment, if you hear her little footsteps. Alaska is our alpha female, and she is an amazing creature. And we're talking about uh, trust. And she's the most trusting creature, no matter what has happened to her in her 12 years on this planet. She trusts and she trusts and she keeps trusting again and again. And she's here to help me talk about doing all right. So here we go. Good morning, everybody. This is Alaska, who you just met. She's going to take off now. (laughs) My talk this morning our Wolf Wisdom Gathering is doing all right. And it's, um, <laughs> it's inspired by Cheryl, who's going to sing her song, I'm Doing All Right, later. Um, I chose Alaska because, you know, part of doing all right is constantly showing up. And that's what the alpha female does. She constantly shows up. And as the mother of the pack, she has a lot of responsibility. Um, even though it doesn't look like she's taking on any responsibility because it is just who she is. And all the rest of the pack gets that without having to show anything. She's the mom, no matter what. I'm the babysitter. (laughs) She's the mom. Now, Paul is the alpha male because he has to be. Do you know what I mean? So all the wolves acquiesce and give him that kind of leadership, along with Dakota, who just had his ninth birthday um, this week. But um, he's our alpha male. But Alaska always shows up, and no matter what, no matter what happened to her in her 12 short years or but long years for a wolf, um, she continues to trust over and over and over and over again. (laughs) And it doesn't matter how many times she's been to the vet when you load her up in the truck, which after we moved up here, that's the only place we ever go when we go in the truck is to go to the vet. She's still the first one in. She goes, where are we going? Where are we going? Let's go. Let's go. (laughs) Even though she knows where she is, she gets out of the truck and she goes and greets everybody in the place like, hi, hi. Hi. And then she gets poked and prodded and all that kind of stuff, you know, when they go to the vet. Dakota's gotten it, you know. Dakota's like, I want to go. No, I remember now. (laughs) He backs up and backs away. Freedom's like, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I am not going in that truck. And he backs away and he sits and he freezes. Alaska, I'm in the truck. We're going someplace. Let's go. I want the adventure. She trusts no matter what. No matter where we take her, no matter who she meets, no matter where she is, at any time, she's meeting and greeting. She's meeting and greeting and saying hello. So I wrote this a long time ago, and I was um, developing the Wolf Wisdom Gathering. And it's about faith. Faith is knowing that there is an intelligent force, seen and unseen, that connects us to each other and all living things. This magnificence lives, creates, and expresses itself through us, filling our hearts and souls with love, beauty, and wisdom. This blessing empowers us to accomplish greatness. Now, some people describe faith as what they believe in. Do you know what I mean? Like their belief system, they call that's my faith. We put a lot of um, faith 
in those kinds of organizations. I'm just not a very good organization person. <laughs> I like new learning. I like new ideas. I have to know what's going on. And if it sounds like truth and it resonates like universal truth in me, I will repeat it and I will share it. Not as something to have faith in, not something that you have to believe in, but explore the idea. Explore it in your body and see if it's right for you. Part of doing all right is learning all the time what your different touchstones are, what you're going to grab onto to make yourself feel the hope that you need to rise above whatever is happening in your life, to go to the next level and go to the next step, to follow your heart, to have your heart's desire take you towards your divine purpose, which I believe we all have. And I get the special privilege of living with 10 wild animals that live in that without judgment, without stopping, without judging, without getting depressed, without, you know what I mean? It's like those kind of things that, ha that get in our way. I talked last week about Dakota setting the tone for the week by getting up and starting to howl. And depending, oh my gosh. <laughs> For anybody who can't hear this at home, they are howling. And every week, it's like crazy, moving, you know, that they do this, that they arrive in this talk to substantiate the truth <laughs> in what I'm saying. But I, I will say this, and you know, because there's new people here, I don't have any more answers than you do. I don't know what the answers are. I have a lot of questions. And I have a lot of, why does this happen? Why does this happen? What is this about? And so I continue to explore, like Ali gets on that truck. You know, I want to know where I'm going next. What's going to happen? Who am I going to meet? What are they going to teach me? And, I, and I, on a certain level, you know, I have a whole past history. I just visited with my brother. And he's eight years younger than me. And now he's 53, <laughs> you know, and I'm 61. We have this hot entire history together. And it, there's these reminders of where we came from, you know? And I don't think I've been any different. You know, you arrive here and you can show people just by who you are, what you are, what you're going to do, how you're going to be, where you're going to go if you pay attention to that rather than to squash, you know, the individuality of the children and the people in your lives, you know? I don't care whether you're 58 or whether you're two. What you came here to do is still within you. Allie will be the alpha female and live out her purpose till her last breath without question without questioning where she's supposed to go and where she's supposed to be. She will do it automatically because she has no outside influence telling her she can't, that she's not good enough, that she's not deserving. You know, I get 10 creatures that look at me every single morning and see who I am and I see who they are. It's easy to look at them as a wild animal, but does anybody see us? Do you know we do? We look at each other and go, wow. 
You are perfect, whole, and complete, just like you are. Your unique expression is just like a snowflake that nobody else can, can execute on the planet except for you. And it's beautiful. So this is what I'm going to talk about today. <laughs> so before we get any further into this talk that I'm excited to do, they inspire me all the time. Just relax in your chair. I'm going to sing an open meditative song, get us all together. Um, what I usually say is just uncross yourselves and let the chair hold you. You got here. You don't have to hold on to anything. Um, Mother Earth has the chair, the floor, you know what I mean? The chair you cannot fall to trust that the chair is holding you. that there is a creative intelligence there is a force of power in the universe and we are made of this beautiful stuff down to the marrow of our bones and your individuality that you are expressing as this idea in mind constantly that you are perfect whole and complete a unique expression of this force on this plane of action at this time and only you can do what you do like nobody else on the planet. And so I claim for each one of you that your heart's desire is telling you every single moment who you are, if you can just remember, and that your divine purpose is being informed by this heart's desire, learning to trust, using that word, trust who you are innately, takes you one step again and again every single moment towards the manifestation of your dreams. And I believe that the dream is telling you where to go and to fulfill that divine purpose. And so I know it for you, and I'm grateful for this knowing. I'm grateful for all the good that has come to me thus far, the good that's here in this moment, and the good that is coming to me throughout eternity. And I release these words knowing that in these words they have power not for just you, but for me. 
And I speak this truth because it sounds universal and it resonates down to my tailbone as being the truth. And I am here to share it with you, release it knowing that it is done, that you are held in the hands of grace always. And so it is. Aho is what the Native Americans say. You can say amen, whatever it is that solidifies this idea so that you can live more of who you are always in every single moment, just like these wolves. Marcus Beckingham says this, many of us feel stress and get overwhelmed, not because we're taking on too much, but because we're taking on too little of what really strengthens us. Who here doesn't have a hard life? <laughs> I got the like, <laughs> really? <laughs> Share your secret. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And it's not like life is hard. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about life itself deals out all kinds of things that you have to traverse throughout a day. And for those of you who have children, for those of you who have to get on the road, for those of you who have jobs, for those of you who have second jobs, for those of you who are trying to live on a, 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 an income. That's limited. For those of you who have chosen to work in an arena where you're doing service and so you make a little bit and trying to make those ends meet. Or those of you who are making billions and you want to know how to spend them to get the world, do you know what I mean, and contribute to the world. You know, the inventors, all of those people, all those second tries, all the things that we do in this life to traverse it. And 24 hours in a day, of which you should be sleeping eight, is not a lot. It's hard to accomplish a lot in a day without feeling stress. And yet, whatever strengthens you, if you can always remember that you're on the right path doing the thing you're supposed to do, you get energy from that. Some people want my life. I've had people say that. I want your life. I have indoor-outdoor wolves. <laughs> It looks really impressive. <laughs> you know what taking care of ten wolves is like <laughs> when you guys are not here. <laughs> no, I love it. Look at my face. Do you know what I mean? Look at my face. I can feel the flush. I can feel the sparkle. I can feel the love that I know and that I get from that. And I am fortunate. You know, but I was 52 when I met him and started this journey here. So I have a lot of life before that 52 years, do you know what I mean, to get to this point. So you can look at other people's lives and go, oh my gosh, they're so lucky. So are you. You're here. You're here. You have something you're supposed to do. Oprah Winfrey says, before you agree to anything, you might add even the smallest amount of stress to your life. Ask yourself, what is my truest intention? Give yourself the time to say, let a yes resound in you. When it's right, I guarantee that your entire body will fill it. I talked about this last week, you know. As hard as this job is, how hard this is to maintain, how hard it is to do. Every single time, I, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? 
Yes. <laughs> you know? But if you're not getting that, yes. You know? And maybe you should take a look at where that yes is. Maybe you're on your way to that yes. That yes, what I'm doing now is worth it. Depending on what process you are in the steps of where you're getting to your dreams. William Shakespeare, probably the most brilliant man ever lived to me. Love all, trust a few, do wrong to no one. You know, what a touchstone. What is it, eight words? <laughs> you know, to live by? Love all, trust a few, do wrong to none. Because what happens when we do wrong to someone? When wrong is done to us? What happens to our level of trust? What happens to our level of hope? What happens to the the feelings that you need in order to move through this difficult place where everybody's feeling just like I just the, like I did to this entire room you know all of you went from yes to oh I know this one <laughs> how to handle stress like a wolf if you can't eat it or play with it then pee on it and walk away <laughs> That's the specific wolf wisdom for the day. <laughs> Seriously. You know, the biggest question is like, how do you know? How do you know? You know? I don't know how you know, but I know if it doesn't feel right, you'll know. Do you know what I mean? And we are so pressured and so stressed to do the right thing, to do the next thing, to get something done, you know? As if sitting and meditating and try, you know, like being introspective to figure out what your next step is, is doing nothing. What are you going to do today? Aren't you going to do something? You got to... Yeah! <laughs> And then you're getting dressed and putting shoes on and going in the wrong direction for the day because you don't want to be pressured by the person who's pressuring you to do something when you're not quite ready to go there. You don't know what the next step is. It's a waste of your time and your energy and stresses you out and it breaks you down so that you don't think that you deserve and it's this whole spiraling down and beating yourself up. Who has the energy to get up and do your dream if that's what's happening to you? And you're letting itself out. It's letting it happen to you. And you're hanging out with people who do it to you. <laughs> and you can't get up for it. Most of my 52 years, by the way, a lot of the spiritual stuff, everything that I've been studying in order to get here, I had a lot of spiritual shaming along the way. Because even spiritual people get impatient with you. How, much, how come you're not healing fast enough? You know, 
it's a reflection on me. But it's not a reflection on me because I am the spiritual teacher. So you, there must be something wrong with you. Do you know what I mean? I just got spiritually shamed on Facebook last week. Because <laughs> I said my feelings about something. As though my feelings and what I am and that my anger and that my outrage, do you know what I mean? And treating people the way they shouldn't be treated should not be spoken. You're supposed to be love and light. I am love and light. But I'm going to call you out when you're trying to squash somebody else's. And I'm going to be angry about that, and then I'm going to process the anger, and then I'm going to go through my day. Right? Nietzsche says, I'm not upset that you lied to me. I'm upset that from now on I can't believe in you. Um, I can't do this quote, but it's from Lady Gaga because <laughs> of the language she uses. <laughs> but she says when somebody betrays you, it's like they break your mirror, and you can put the mirror back together, but every time you look at it, in, you see the cracks. You see the reflection of the person who betrayed you. So I can still use the mirror, but what do I do with that hurt? What do I do with that relationship? When Shakespeare says, love all, trust a few, you know, do harm to none, that harm lands and it lasts. And if we would just get that for each other, that harm lasts. It doesn't go away. And it builds up. Charles Spurgeon says, a lie can travel halfway around the world while the truth is putting on its shoes. Right? The truth takes a minute. The truth takes, what? <laughs> Do you know? Wait a minute, I thought this. You know, what's the truth for me? Because whose truth are we talking about? So everybody can spread their lies and their opinions about this, that, and the other thing, and you're trying to just figure out the truth of today, putting those shoes on so you can traverse that. So you don't have to believe everything that, uh, that's out there. Like I said before, think, is it right for you? Does that sound right to you? Does that sound like the answer? We need the truth of who we are in order to live with each other, to live together, recognizing each other. Alaska is going to go back to her pack, and they're all going to sniff her and smell her and recognize her all over again, brand new. It's fascinating to me. It's like, where were you? We haven't seen you in so long. And it was just, you know, an hour she's been gone from her pack. And every single time, they have to re-explore her again. What are these new smells? Who did you meet? Where did you go? <laughs> you know? We treat each other like, oh, hi. Get <laughs> oh, hi. Uh, okay. Hi. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? We don't go, hi. Hi. Well, hello. I haven't seen you in 10 minutes. What happened to you while we were away from each other? That's how the wolves treat each other. <laughs> 
you know, when Paul comes home, I can go, you know, it's dad. <laughs> they're all like, it's home. He's home. Right? Do we greet each other that way? Whew. I'm home. Yeah, what's for dinner? <laughs> Albert Einstein says, whoever is careless with the truth in small matters cannot be trusted with the important matters. Literally, how much do you depend on somebody who can't even do the smallest task that you ask? That they fall short and probably either consciously or unconsciously on purpose so that you don't ask too much of them again. You know? Man, I got away with ironing by doing that. <laughs> I was so great at bad ironing. <laughs> consciously. Because if I didn't do it well enough, you know what I mean? Oh, go, 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 go. Didn't have to iron. <laughs> so there's, you know, I'm, I'm calling on myself also. This is not something that is just, you know, across the board. But there's a lot of things in the small matters you can't trust. I wanted her not to trust me. I'm talking about my mother to iron her clothes. I wanted her not to trust me. Maya Angelou says, I don't trust people who don't love themselves and tell me I love you. There's an African saying, which is, be careful when a naked person offers you a shirt. <laughs> but here's the thing. I talk about this all the time, that, you know, we have socialized these wolves. They're wild animals. They're not domesticated. They are socialized to people so that you can meet them like this. They are still wild. We, have, we are wild animals that should have been socialized, but we've been domesticated. We have been domesticated to serve other people who feel like they should have the power. And the only way they can do that is to diminish your spirit and to tell you you do not deserve more than what you have. And then you start to believe that. And you spend your whole life, especially if you're on a spiritual path or you know some kind of spirituality, when you're trying to be happy and follow your dreams, which is what the American dream is, is even. Do you know what I mean? And then you can't traverse it because everywhere you go, but they say, what, who are you? Who do you think you are? What makes you think you could do? Wait, have you earned it? And so when somebody says they love you and that they care about you, you're resonating on that level with them until you know who you are, truly. Because sometimes their love looks like love. And they want you to love them. And so a lot of times that's what they're giving you is something that looks like love. And you're going, wow, I have love. <laughs> and you don't know the person is naked until the love that you were giving back is not enough for them over and over and over until they're so angry and resentful of you that you do not have the love. Do you know what I mean? That you're not giving them the shirt. They're really looking for a shirt rather than trying to give a shirt. And it's hard to recognize those people in life because we've been so taught against our own true nature, which is to love each other, to be open with our hearts, to help each other in our humanities, to live as a pack family to help each other survive, to lift people up. The Buddha says holding on to anger is like grasping a hot coal 
with the intent of throwing it at someone else. You're the only one who gets burned. So what do you do with it? So you can be doing all right, you know? Suzanne Collins says, for there to be betrayal, there would have to have been trust first. What do you do with that betrayal? These are questions, you know? Some people pretend not to care. Some people go to drugs and alcohol. Some people go to OCD. Some people go to working, overworking. Some people go, I'm never getting married. (laughs) Some people go, I'm never having children. Some people go, I'm not going there. I'm not doing that. We won't even adventure again. Ernest Hemingway says, though, the best way to find out if you can trust somebody is to trust them. That's why I started off with Allie, you know, because no matter what, she keeps showing up and trusting no matter what. Every time we bring her into a room, she says hello to everybody because she trusts us. As soon as we betray that trust in her, she's done. That can happen. We don't pay attention to who they are. Alaska is not like Heme, her daughter, or Chinoa, or Ojin, or Kachina, or Wakan, or Taya, or Freedom, or Dakota. They're all different. Each one of them are completely, totally separate beings. And it is my job, because they are my care, to love them fully and completely and unconditionally as they are and help enhance their position in the pack because they all have a position that they need to fulfill. And it's my job to recognize what their unique perfection is and let them live that in this pack. Not to judge them because they're not Alaska. Nobody can be Alaska. Nobody can be Dakota. Nobody can be anybody else. There's a couple, Alga and Gael, and they are um, part of Cirque du Soleil. You guys know Cirque du Soleil? Everybody knows Cirque du Soleil? These people who, with bodies that do all these kind of things and fly through the air and hold each other and lift each other. Anyway, they're a couple. They started off as partners in Cirque du Soleil, and then they ended up being married. But this is what she says about trust. When you talk about trust, it is like something you build as if it's a structure or a thing. But in that building, there seems to be something about letting go. And what it affords us is a luxury that allows us to stop thinking, to stop worrying that someone won't catch us if we fall, to stop constantly scanning for inconsistencies, stop wondering how other people act when they are not in our presence. It allows us to relax a part of our minds and focus on what is in front of us. And that is why such a strategy, when it's broken, is devastating. Trust is your relationship to the unknown, that you can't control anything or anyone. And it's not all or none. It's a slow and steady practice of learning, and it's worth it to keep trying, even though it's not easy. Can you imagine how many times he dropped her into the net? Think about it. To get up and try it again 
<laughs> Do you know, to perfect it, that's some pretty scary trust exercises. You guys know that trust exercise where you've got somebody standing behind you and you just fall into their arms and you trust they're not going to drop you? Think about flying through the air and you're supposed to be caught <laughs> by someone and you can't see them until you get there. Over and over and over again and then do it without a net. She also says this, I'm... I almost imagine trust as these invisible hands that we stretch out into the world looking for someone to hold on to as we walk into the unknown future. Pretty amazing life lesson. Christopher Pike says relationships are mysterious. We doubt the positive quality in others, seldom the negative. You will say to your partner, do you really love me? Are you sure you love me? You will ask this a dozen times and drive the person nuts. But you never ask, are you really mad at me? <laughs> when someone is angry, you don't doubt it for a moment. <laughs> Yet the reverse should be true. We shouldn't doubt. We should doubt the negative in life and have faith in the positive. Right? Someone says, I love you. No, it's not. Yeah. Right? Even if you go, I love you too, and inside you're going, no, oh, how's that possible? But when somebody's angry with you, you know it. Because you let it in, you feel it. <laughs> Dakota wasn't, isn't feeling well right now, and he was crying out in some pain on uh, Friday. And um, shoots through my spine. All the way through me, this fear, you know, because he can't tell me what's wrong. Um, we believe it's his hip now after we're doing some, you know, some discovery and some patience and, and stuff. So he overdid it in training. He gets too excited and doesn't know his body won't take him there. <laughs> so he overdid it, and we have to be really careful now about that. But you know, if you're listening, if your body is telling you something, you need to pay attention to that. And not go, oh, he's going to be fine. You know, that thing about truth, you got to call the vet. You got to ask what you have. You have to really look at him and let him tell you, manipulate and touch. And there's a, lo a long process to get rid of that fear so that you know you're making the right decision for your loved one. And you can feel it. It's really important. Steig Larson says, friendship. My definition is built on two things, respect and trust. Both elements have to be there. And it has to be mutual. You can have respect for someone, but if they don't have, if you don't trust, and you don't have the trust, the friendship will crumble. So a lot of people in, in, in my industry, like <laughs> that spiritual shaming, you have to forgive. I forgive what created the circumstances. And I can forgive that person for the behavior, but do I want them in my world anymore? Do I have to do that? Because I no longer trust them. And they're not giving me any information to say that I can trust them again, which is to assess what's happened mutually and come to an understanding that both agree on. Because you can't go anywhere from that. 
right? If the other person is not in the same place that you are about what happened, then where do you go? Can I forgive it? Absolutely. Can I wish them well? Absolutely. But do I ever want to put them in that position where they can betray me again and then I have to get over that again? It's tricky. Because sometimes that's your partner. Sometimes that's your child. Sometimes that's your parent. Sometimes that's your boss. Sometimes that's your coworker. Sometimes that's your partner in business. Sometimes that's your partner in life. George MacDonald, to be trusted is a greater compliment than being loved. You know, that's pretty special. If you're honorable enough that somebody can trust you. I trust these guys with my life. I trust him with my life. Hopefully he feels the same because we've proven each, each, that we can trust each other over and over and over and over and over and over again. Santosh Kalwar says, trust starts with truth and ends with truth. J.R.R. Tolkien says, you can trust us to stick with you through thick and thin to the better end. And you can trust us to keep any secret of yours closer than you keep it yourself. But you cannot trust us to let you face trouble alone and go off without a word. We are your friends, Frodo. That's from uh, Friendship of the Ring. I am a Grey's Anatomy fan. <laughs> Even after 13 years, I'm not going to ruin the story for you. <laughs> but um, I just watched last week's episode last night. And um, it's about childhood trust. It's about um, how you traverse that. It's about trusting your husband. It's about trusting your coworkers with yourself. And um, there's a character on the show that does not do that. She goes off on her own to try and take care of something in a place that she does not honor or respect, and then that's what she gets. And it nearly, she nearly loses her life over it. <sighs> Big lesson. Big lesson that she learned, I learned, because that's what, you know, even the wolves will go off and lick their wounds and then come back, right? That day that Dakota was hurting, I tried to take him outside to give him some air, and he wanted his tub. Go ahead, go be where you want to be. You know what I mean? They go into hiding, and they go someplace, and they hunker down until they feel better so as not to be a problem or to have a weakness, which we have in common. Is that when you get sick, do you want to go call your friends and go, I'm sick, come take care of me, Right? A friend of ours just, she thought she was having a heart attack. It was 2.30 in the morning, and instead of calling somebody, she drove herself to the hospital. What if you don't make it? <laughs> what if you don't make it down this mountain? Seriously. But this is our nature, not to reach out for us, each other. And I don't know whether it's innate or it is, we're domesticated not to be a bother to somebody else. You know, not to call out for help. Do you know how angry I was at her? And let her know? 
Is she not to just do that on her own? Because what if we had lost her to a car accident instead of a heart attack? Do you know what I mean? A heart attack you can get through. And do miraculous things these days. But a car accident down a mountain, you can't. We wouldn't even know she was down there. Don't do that to the people who love you. But that's not the first thing on your mind. It's like, how am I going to do this? Oh, I can't call anybody. I can't tell anybody. It's too scary. I don't want to scare them. I'm scared. <laughs> it's like the thing, you know, you bat around these ideas in your head. It's crazy. It's crazy. Anything that's human is mentionable. This is Fred Rogers. He was teaching our children on TV for decades. And anything that is mentionable can be more manageable. When we can talk about our feelings, they become less overwhelming, less upsetting, and less scary. The people we trust with that important talk can help us know that we are not alone. My first instinct was not to call Paul about Dakota this week because he was doing a very, very hard job in Chinatown. What was he going to do about it? Right? Can you imagine if something had happened to Dakota and I hadn't called him? My first thoughts were, though, I can't call him and bother him. And the second thoughts I had was, okay, I can't do that to him, so I have to, like, get myself a process so that I can make the phone call and that we can make a decision about him together. Instead of my first thought is, I can't bother him. How would you have felt if you got home that day? <laughs> look at the look on his face. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do that to each other. So now I'm going to just share this because when we talk about touchstones, because the whole talk is about doing all right. How do you do all right after all the stuff that I'm talking about? And um, in this show, I am going to give this away. She, when she was a child, she would climb up a tree and read and lose track of time and get in trouble for coming home too late. But it was the only place she could go where the noise, do you know what I mean? And where she wasn't bothered and where she can actually do and get the information that she needed. And I used to do that. I used to go up. I would climb any tree there was just to find some peace. I needed peace. And so finally, of course, she calls whoever she needs to call, and they're mad at her because she didn't call them, just like Paul would have been. And um, she asked for something that just made me cry. I was bawling. I turned to Paul, and I said, you, you need to do this for me, too. And she said, build me a treehouse. Because she almost died. She goes, build me a treehouse so I can climb up there and read and de-stress. I need a tree house. And I turned to Paul and I said, make me a tree house. <laughs> I think it, the only one it can be is this tree out here behind me. And like, I want a tree house so I can go up and write. I can write my book in my tree house. <laughs> and I mean it. I mean it. And you know what? He can do it. Still, it's making me cry. You know, we have these things available to us that we can build for ourselves, that we can de-stress in, that we can not have to put so much pressure on ourselves to make it, to do it, 
you know, to be impressive, to impress ourselves and impress others, to be proud, all of those things that you want to feel that your parents wanted for you. And in a lot of ways, they kind of got in the way of that because they didn't know how to do it themselves. Herman Hess says this about trees, and, um, and then I'll wrap it up, but <laughs> trees are sanctuaries. Whoever knows how to speak to them, whoever knows how to listen to them can learn the truth. They do not preach learning or precepts. They preach undetected by particulars the ancient law of life. Nothing is holier, nothing is more exemplary than a beautiful, strong tree. Whoever has learned how to listen to trees no longer wants to be a tree. He wants to be nothing except what he is. That is home. That is happy. So, trees are mine. My husband takes care of trees when he's not saving animals. He's saving trees. He's an arborist. You know, it's no mistake we found each other. But what is your tree? What is your precious thing? What do you cling to or go to? Do you know what I mean? What is your special place where you can de-stress? And if you don't have one, I know you, the child in you knows what it is. And you might have to just search for it a little bit and then add it into your life. And then enhance it. i got plenty of trees here. Now I'm going to have a tree house. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to invite Cheryl up. Who was the inspiration for this talk? Because I always take the music. Music is poetry, and it's all so real and touches every cell of my body when I see the lyrics. And so I've never heard this song. I have just seen the lyrics, and Cheryl wrote them, and she's going to sing for us. So please welcome her. My eyes have opened for another day. Who would have guessed it goes around the same old way? Heroes are gone and the tales they tell are done. Nothing's wrong, but some things can't be won. I'm doing all right, I'm doing all right. And there are days everything's a fight. When nothing's going my way, I'm still doing all right. My heart is broken by another dream Who would have guessed watching behind the scenes Love is lost and all I can think Is why I'm wasting time standing on the brink I'm doing all right There are days everything's a fight When nothing's going my way, I'm still doing all right Make amends for things I've said and done 
I'm not the only one And we're doing all right We're doing all right We're doing all right Every day we keep up the fight And we're on our way and doing all right On our way and we're doing all right Hey, beautiful. Wow. Henry Newman says this, did I offer peace today? Did I bring a smile to someone's face? Did I say words of healing? Did I let go of my anger and resentment? Did I forgive? Did I love? These are the real questions. I must trust that the little bit of love that I sow now will bear many fruits here in this world and in the life to come. And Khalil Gibran says, trust in dreams, for in them is hidden the gate to eternity. So that is my talk for today. And so it is. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you like what you heard and you think it is of benefit to you and with others, please share this podcast with your friends and your family. Also like us on Facebook at Wolf Wisdom Gathering and Shadowland Foundation. Um, you can also check out our website at shadowlandfoundation.org and um, we appreciate any donation that you would like to share with us. They are all tax deductible. So please help us. That would be great. Have a blessed, blessed week. And we'll talk then. And what would